I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. G'day and welcome to our Elimination Chamber Review, you flaming glass. I'm Adam Wall from What Culture, joined by Michael Hafler from What Culture. And the internet calls me a <laughs> Review. We're here to review Elimination Chamber. Are we? <laughs> weekend. Before we get into it, there's no briefing on that. There's none of this sort of thing. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Dressing on Apple uh. Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Uh. We do daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. But oh, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup that we complete. A quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet. No Michael Sidgwick today, unfortunately. He is being very sensible and mm. isolating himself, so he didn't uh, infect us. Um, but what did you make of Elimination Chamber? I described it as predictable, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I would agree with that. Dare I talk about what I thought about Elimination Chamber? I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, I thought it was a really good show. Um, probably WWE's best PLE since Fastlane. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of realised this together this morning, didn't we? It's the third, is it the third in a row where there's been two massive gimmick matches mm-hmm. and a, like an abbreviated card in between. I know yeah. like and Rhea Ripley and Nijax went after, but you know what I mean? It's like War Games, Rumble, Elimination Chamber. So this is like a specific format at the moment that should be feeling a bit tired. You almost should be wanting to go back to the standard run-of-the-mill bunch of matches across the night. And instead, I thought this was the best of the lot. Mm. I thought this outstripped Survivor Series. I thought this certainly outperformed uh, the Royal Rumble, which was a bit of a disappointment, I would have said. This was a nice compromise of both. Really, (laughs) this is where I'm going to sound like I'm trolling. Really well paced, (laughs) I thought. Uh, Really, really well booked in places. Really Mm. well booked. You said predictable. It is wrestling should be predictable, but the idea is to find surprise and shock mm. within the predictable things you've set up. Like tell stories where people can broadly see where you're going and then have some twists and have some surprises and shocks along the way. I thought this measured that very, very well indeed. Yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed it as a show. I mean, it helped. We're doing a live stream at what was it, 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Oh, that was great. Very man. surreal experience yeah. that. And uh, yes. Now all of our American viewers know what we have to suffer through the rest of the year, basically, aside from the Saudi shows. Yeah, again, our opinions might be informed somewhat by just being able to get a good night's sleep, yes. just waking up at a perfect time. My my takes were informed by there being enough of a break between matches for me to make lunch for my wife and children at one point, mm-hmm. another break later on for me to get a shower because we were rushing out when it had finished. And I thought, really great. Nice breathers, nice opportunities to 
do those little tasks in between the matches. And when I'm watching the show on uh, on television, the crowd certainly don't seem bothered by it. Oh, loud, all night, invested in every single match. Really loud for entrances. And, uh, <laughs> and yet, apparently, that's a cardinal sin. Uh Johan Benson, by the way, thank you for your for your uh, chats and your donations. What have you? I will get to most of them in due course, but I thought I'd mention Johan because Johan said, uh, "Fan of long entrances." I knew you liked the Undertaker. Uh, and Johan also says, "Well, I disagree with Doctor Fed's take. I could see where he was coming from. The pylon in his mentions uh, nearly gave me brain damage. Hope you're doing okay, Doctor Fed." Yeah, give me drain damage. Uh, aye. I. Uh, the music's rubbish at the moment. Just and in I case people are unaware. Uh, yeah, this is really self-indulgent and dumb. I uh, I uh, engaged with an account that exists to farm engagement, and that mm-hmm. was my first mistake as a 38-year-old that should know much better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a stupid account. It's... Ah, uh, name him. He's an arsehole. Drain Bamager, a faceless <laughs> Twitter coward who uh, just posts stuff. Like, there's no insight. There's no meaning. It's just a... Cry laugh emojis yeah. and very, very pro AEW. If you've seen WWE Gareth, this is the AEW equivalent of that because he needs naming as well. They're all <laughs> right. It's just, it's pointless gif and on this day. And wasn't this Chris Jericho promo hilarious? Like there was a backstage segment the Young Bucks did last year when like the elite were just in the bin. And I'm sure, because the, the, I have him on mute and then occasionally because X is a bit broken, things sneak through the yeah. mute. I'm sure the tweet when this like dreadful young book segment had was, folks, I think we are back. And it was like, folks, I think you're talking <laughs> again, Drain Bamager. <laughs> and like just this one time, and it wasn't even, it was fairly innocuous to be fair to this engagement farming clout chasing arsehole. It was just a, somebody else had compiled on Reddit how there was like lots of big gaps yes. during the show. There was like 55 minutes between the Judgment Days match and the Men's Elimination mm-hmm. Chamber because there was like a 25-minute talking segment featuring yes. the biggest star in the industry. Yeah. You know, um, that was really red hot, by the way. Uh, and like other sort of like constant cuts to the adverts for the Australian talking. Don't need to sell me on going to Australia. I already wanted to go. I am not defending like wrestling shows that just have these long gaps and these long windows of time where ostensibly nothing is going on. I was merely suggesting that the crowd remained hot, th- loud, mm. like loud oh, and yeah. hot throughout. As a viewing experience, the card, I felt, was quite well paced. And because this engagement account, Drain Bamager, is very, skews very, very pro AEW, I kind of inadvertently, I didn't ignite it, I just threw fuel on a, a typical tribal culture war yes. about how, like, no, like, AW pay-per-views are better because you get a load of wrestling. And, oh, there's more typical Fed fans that want a bit, like, want less wrestling. I mean, it's true because we've got good f***ing taste. But, like, <laughs> like 15 matches versus four, there's no right answer. The compromise is always in the middle. Yes. Is that not the case with everything? Yeah. The compromise is always in the middle. And uh, oh, yeah, I just I shouldn't have engaged. And now I've got people, like, saying, <laughs> first wrestling show, is it? No, I've watched more than you. I'm sitting in this f***ing chair and they're living talking about it. You invisible coward, f*** off. Uh, and I want to shout out Matt Reigns because I think it was his, like, his quote tweet, I think, that brought this to my attention, right? And yeah. then I just got destroyed on X the weekend. It's like, well, good move, Matt. Like, <laughs> in our sort of long-term story, that's like, that's your best attack so far. In terms of getting in my head before the WrestleMania basketball, big dub, big dub, big L on my head. Fair play. I can't play this basketball game 
but I believe the fans deserve a replacement. I think you know the guy. Drain Bamage is here. <laughs> I'm sending him microphone. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that was dumb. Uh, and I apologize for it. <laughs> up this video as well. <laughs> Should we talk about the show? Yeah. Um, a show, actually, technically, I suppose, with more women's matches on it than men's, if you count the kickoff. Yeah. More women's matches on it than a dynamite. <laughs> uh, it was a week. lovely moment for a lovely moment for for Indy Hartwell. It was, and she didn't get pinned at least. No, it uh, it was as much of a gesture as I think you could realistically justify yeah. within the story. Like Indy Hartwell and Candice are not having a good time of it on Raw. They are typically cast as one of the seven women that bother Adam Pierce when he's trying to have a drink. That's what happens. Is yeah. oh, bloody GBH there? I need a drink. Like it's all very dated and a big waste of time. But the Kabuki Warriors are—they're re-establishing the Kabuki Warriors as dominant tag team champions. If you're going to give them an easy win on a kickoff show, why not fly Indy Hartwell home so that yeah. she can presumably see her friends and family on WWE's dime? Uh, the right call. Yeah. And Candice LeRae had bluey gear as well. Had, uh, Good spot. Bluey themed attire, which I was a big fan of. Uh, let's get to the main card, though. Uh, the Elimination Chamber premium live event started with an Elimination Chamber match. Um, it was Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Naomi, Raquel Rodriguez, Tiffany Stratton, and Becky Lynch. Arguably match of the night, this. Yeah. Um, I the Both chambers were really good. Yes. Really strong, and it's unusual, especially when we talked about the Rumble and War games just before, it's unusual that WWE can sort of nail both matches in different ways. I had a big complaint with the Rumble where I felt they were too similar in yeah. structure. Book different ones. There are multiple ways to skin the cats. However, I liked about this that it was mainly rooted in, this sounds like I'm oversimplifying, who's the best wrestler? Mm. Who's the best wrestler here? Uh, you've got a couple of, like, whether it be returns or newcomers in Naomi and Tiffany, respectively. You've got somebody like Becky Lynch, who's the established favorite to win. Mm -hmm. um, but he's going to have to go quite a long time in order to get it done. I just felt that this was mainly centered around, can X out-wrestle Y? Can X out-fight Y? The stipulation is obviously a part of it, but it's almost as if this was a, um, a six-pack match mm. that had a, a big cage over the top of it. And I just, I thought that was where it differed from the men's one. It didn't rely particularly on, um, well, some of the, like, storytelling devices that the men's one used about, like, setting up WrestleMania matches. There were evident within this match. There were things, I think, where we can look at the finish and sort of try and analyze maybe mm -hmm. what so-and-so is going to be doing for WrestleMania. But this was mainly about watch them wrestle. And Triple H sort of needs to, because he's not telling many stories, and certainly not many interesting ones with this women's division. So the, probably this was a case of best foot forward. Mm. We'll talk more about Becky Lynch and what this means for her in due course. But I have to say, she wasn't the person that everyone was talking about after no. the Elimination Chamber in terms of really shining in that match. Becky Lynch won quite right, predictable, and yet good. They can both be true. Mm -hmm. She goes on to face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. And yet, what a night this was. Not only from the the hometown support, well not hometown, but only from the local support yep. of uh, uh, Perth, but also just in terms of, I mean, we've been banging the drum for her for a long time from her time on NXT, but what a showcase for one Tiffany Stratton. Aye, a reaction so loud for Tiffany Stratton that if this was old world WWE, they'd be saying bizarre world, are they? It really is upside down. Like, because she was getting that much of a pop yeah. that it felt as if the fans had... 
um, decided maybe in protest that they were going to try and will Tiffany Stratton over the line because she was obviously an underdog. It's a bit different now when people come up from NXT. They're not necessarily having to start again. We've seen a little bit more, um, I don't know, more of a joined-up way of thinking with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. If you look at, obviously it wasn't on Elimination Chair, but Bron Breaker's debut just the day before on SmackDown, the same sort of thing. People are coming up as big deals. It's yeah. not that you have to fight your way up from the bottom if you've been NXT champion. Tiffany Stratton was exposed to a portion of the WWE fan base through the feud with Becky Lynch yep. last year in good matches as well, which would have definitely helped her um, reputation coming up to the main roster. And in terms of, I think, not just... Because it wasn't a debut. She's been on SmackDown, yeah. and those matches have shown flashes, but they've also had a couple of things go wrong in them. So it's been a bit unclear what you're getting in Tiffany Stratton. This match couldn't have gone any mm. better for it in terms of getting across the character... But getting across just the physical gifts that she brings, we knew, at least we thought we knew, that she would make use of the environment. So whether or not it was doing something off of the pod or how the prettiest moonsault ever would be folded into it. Um, her like willingness to take risks and perhaps jump onto the crowd of bodies in one of those big spots that you remember from the match. It was some of that. Yeah. But ultimately, I think it was more just how locked in she was and how... Like, she lays it in as well. We've seen this with Tiffany Stratton before. Like, her stuff looks some of the stiffest, mm -hmm. whilst, you know, touch wood, with the exception of that prettiest moonsault ever on Zelina Vega, I think it was, not necessarily leaving people with war wounds, not leaving people with injuries, which is what you want. You want it to look convincing and look believable without hurting people. It was Nia Jax's cross to bear for years, wasn't it? That, like, there was an injury record that was following yes, her yeah, around. So yeah. when it looked legit, sometimes it was a little too legit. Here, like, the the springboard back elbows, no pun intended, spring to mind, as just how much she was laying those yeah. in. Like, there have been a lot of gymnastic wrestlers over the years and a lot of um, people with a gymnastic background that have come into wrestling. I'm thinking of, like, like a Reggie, for example, where just because you can do these amazing flips, it doesn't mean you can necessarily build wrestling into it. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to work around that, like Sasha Banks did in that match, or like you have to, uh, you know, wear a, wear a gimmick like, say, for example, scripts, <laughs> just to try and uh, get away with the fact that you're not really competing much. Yeah, just to make sure that uh, everyone watching... Pay attention, please. Indeed. Tiffany didn't need that. No. You had the flips. You had the gymnastic element to it, but she was laying in. The punches looked real. The elbows looked real. Every time she grabbed somebody, she looked like she wanted to win. And I can't impress upon people listening or watching how important that is when, as I say, there's nowhere near enough stories being told. Mm -hmm. So one of the things AEW tends to do really well is make sure the matches tell their own stories. WWE less so. Bell to bell, AEW looks at using a match to not just exist, but work a body part, have a character trait be expressed through the body of the work, and then if in three weeks' time you have wrestler A wants to feud with wrestler B, oh, look at the move they've been doing. Yes. Look at the body part they've been targeting. WWE doesn't do that as much, mm -hmm. but in the women's division you need to because you're not likely to get much more creative direction. Tiffany Stratton worked so hard, so full-on, and so impressively here that I think, she, and because the fans gave her it back, yeah. so that Australian crowd, that loud Australian crowd, that loud, incredibly satisfied with the show they were served crowd, gave so much of it back to her, 
that I feel like this was as good a sales pitch as she could put forth to get herself a WrestleMania match. Yeah, I was going to say, she got eliminated second, and yet she was the one that everyone was talking about, more so arguably than, than Liv or Bianca or, or anyone yeah. like that. Um, I saw, I believe, our friend Ibu and uh, numerous other people saying, well, off the back of this, she kind of has to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. It works with her gimmick, but yeah. also, you know, with the potential she's so shown here, makes sense that you basically say she's going to be a world champion within the next 12 months, basically. But yeah, like you say, disregarding all that, you know, you've got a selection of women's matches on the on the uh, WrestleMania card already. EO and Becky, you got uh, so you got EO and Bailey, you got Becky and Rhea, and you would have assumed a Jade Cargill match mm. and a Bianca Belair match, and then maybe some other match, a showcase or whatever, to just try and get as many people on the card. Has Tiffany in this performance done enough to get herself a big WrestleMania match rather than just being you're on the card, but you're all just kind of shoved in there? Yeah, like we've talked about tag team turmoils yeah. or the battle royal or something like that. I think so. Yeah. Uh, whether or not it was on the plan beforehand and what we kind of observed about Triple H, like Triple H's booking pattern is for the most part he will try as hard as he can to stick to a plan and Christ doesn't it get chaotic when, when <laughs> he can't. So if she wasn't on the docket, the one thing working against her might just be, well, I've kind of decided it now. You know, like on a game show where I say, you want to lock in that answer. Mm. Like Triple H doesn't have to lock in his WrestleMania card. Not all of it anyway, the big matches. Um, I feel like you leave gaps for performances like this. I was watching Bianca Belair and Tiffany Stratton lob bombs at each other and think, yeah, I'll have that. I was watching Liv Morgan with some of the best improvisational work I've seen from her ever. Yeah. Just embracing being a heel because she knew that the fans were so behind Tiffany Stratton that when that finish came, she must have been thinking in there, they're going to hate me for this. Mm -hmm. They're going to absolutely hate me. Lean in. And she was giving it all that. Like, she was finding cameras to yeah. do that. And knowing that she was going to get booed for the remainder of the match, and she was going right the way at the finish, she then just started healing up the rest of her performance because she thinking, well, hang on. I'm already going to get booed because I pinned Tiffany. I'm now in there against Bianca and Becky. I'm the heel. Mm. So she just, like, dove right in. And I think some of that was born out of her interactions with Tiffany Stratton. I think... I've got issues with the way that Naomi was handled, and I've had issues with kind of how they've handled her since she came back. But I think Tiffany Stratton managed to outshine Naomi from like an athletic point of view, and that's one of Naomi's calling cards, right? Yes. It's how athletic she is. Tiffany took that. So there's Naomi, Liv, and Bianca from this match alone that Tiffany Stratton could work a singles match with. And I know when you've had months of Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble to start, you, like you've joked about it, six different WrestleMania cards full of all massive all-star matches. In reality, if you look back through, like, what, 39 years now, there are always matches that you look at the WrestleMania card six months later and be like, what was that doing on there? <laughs> like, they're not quite the, um, like, memorable main events that have been built since the Rumble. They're not things that you would necessarily think to feature on the poster, but they're quite good yeah. on the night. Um, I'm thinking of, like... When did we see, was it in Dallas, American Alpha versus the Street Profits? Oh, sorry, Alpha Academy versus Street mm. Profits or something like just a nice tag team match that was a bit of fun. It existed, I think, to get Gable Stevenson on the card, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. But like fairly nondescript stuff. And there's rest, there's like better examples than that historically. Tiffany Stratton in the form she's in getting given our WrestleMania match, whether it be a short one, whether it be something you build up over what, like five weeks left of television? Like, I don't think it's out the realms of possibility. And it bodes well if Triple H, for Triple H, especially in the women's division, and I keep using that as a caveat because it's not a well-booked division, mm -hmm. if you can simply 
present the idea, the veneer of a meritocracy, even if there isn't one. If you can tell your wrestlers, look, I know you don't get as much TV time, I know you don't get as many stories, but if your work speaks for itself, you will get rewarded. And I always think that's how, when you've got nothing creatively for wrestlers, that's the way you kind of fit them in. I would love her to get a spot. Let's talk the winner, though, Becky Lynch. Um, Bianca Belair sort of surprised by a roll-up from from Liv Morgan, who immediately turned around into a manhandle slam from Becky Lynch. She wins. Um, Like I say, that was all the same with the men. We anticipated Drew was going to go in and win there. Mm. A very different scenario, which we'll get to. All the women's uh, eliminations were non-shenanigan-based, I suppose, is the best way of putting it, which I liked as the difference between the two of them. But yeah, it just it's the right time to do this for for Becky and Rhea, isn't it? And and Becky um did herself no harm in this performance too. Yeah, this was I thought this was a really well booked conclusion because you wanted with Bianca Belair, you were trying to do two things at once and they were both opposing. You were trying to present her as somebody devastated with the defeat and then also almost brushed past that it happened. Mm. You know how um Dominic Mysterio eliminated Bron Breaker and the elimination almost took place off camera, but Bron's response when he ran around and speared J.D. McDonough yes. was in full view. And that's like, you having your cake and eating it too there. Bianca Belair losing a pin at Liv Morgan is something for Liv Morgan to claim and for something for her to say. And she can almost argue that despite Becky hit so with a finisher to win, she can almost argue that she was caught out. Mm. Oh, like I didn't have a second to breathe. And it was like, no, you didn't because you're in there with the man. It put over all three women mm-hmm. whilst beating two of them. Yes. And I thought that was super impressive. Um, Becky Lynch just continues to be, again, like the biggest star this division has ever created, and yet have this knack of being able to fight from underneath like she's an underdog. She's she's brilliant. Like, but I, I loved Becky Lynch's rise in 2018 and 2019, crutches and apologies notwithstanding, hmm. because I just felt it for her. I think most people did. She, was, she, she had to win at that WrestleMania. And yet, I think her work 2021 today has eclipsed everything she did in that original run. A just a ring general at this point. I just I keep seeing evidence of Becky Lynch being the safest pair of hands this division has got. And I love that for the Rhea Ripley pairing because I can't call which way it goes. No? Do you put the belt back on Becky Lynch and have a, a summer of title defences while you get someone like a Tiffany Stratton, the next heel ready to make that step up and get revenge for NXT or a Jade Cargill in a massive SummerSlam yeah. stadium filler, something like that. Or... Do you have Becky give Rhea the defense of this year-long title reign and basically set her off into year two with the best possible start? I can't call it. I can't wait to watch it. That is a WrestleMania-ass match. It is as big as they've got, Mm. and I love that they've booked it. Now, of course, Rhea Ripley is in a group. Uh, There's also uh, Tominic Mysterio. Um, There's also J.D. McDonough. There's Finn Balor, the Damian Priest, and of course, collectively, they're in the f***ing judgment day. Nice. Thanks, Mike. Um, Thanks, Mike. They were <laughs> they were in action uh, against what they called New Catch Republic. Yeah. It's pretty apprehensive going into this for it just being a, a raw match, basically. Yeah. yeah. Really pleasantly surprised by this. I will say mainly because I th- I have a new favourite move. You can probably guess what it is. I think I know. It's the Birminghammer. What a name. Perfect. No notes. Lifted from their 
pre-WE run, yes. I believe, the Birmingham, the Birmingham. It might have even been Trent Seven original. Really? I'm not sure, but that name existed before, and you're like, yep, keep that. Please use it forever and ever and ever. And they've got the little double team. All their moves, which is their moves, but two of them. Yes. I really like that. Like, oh, we're back together now. So it was, it was a nice story of... Uh, Tyler Bate converting Pete Dunn from dog back to man. <laughs> so you know your best moves. When two of us do it, it's even better. Yeah. So I quite like that. Uh, Dom tried to do the introductions as well. That went as well as you'd expect in the stadium. Unbelievable heat. Um, and right uh, here got a great yeah. pop as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, for a, again, obvious title defence, mm-hmm. great fun this. I'd classify this as an over-delivery, yeah. quite honestly. Uh, what was the... Like, now, especially now we know Finn Balor's okay. With yeah, his weird thumb cut. Thumbs all right. Broken, possibly. Hope he's all right. It didn't quite go 20, but they gave him the fat yeah. end of it, didn't they? Like 17-odd minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, 70-minute match. Quite a crowd were all night. But uh, <laughs> they, came up for the, they came up for the stuff that mattered. Yes. Like, they gave the New Catch Republic two separate hot tags, and I thought that was one heat sequence... Too many, really. I like I like Finn Balor and Damien Priest. I love the Judgment Day. They have kind of one gear as a tag team in control, as a cutting the ring off team, and it's second, maybe third. Like it doesn't. <laughs> they're way better when you get into that closing stretch. We saw this on Raw over and over again yeah. last year. When you sort of when you see the match entering that final stage, everything gets quicker. Everything gets faster. They're amazing, uh, uh, the cutoffs of the two counts. Like, their ring positioning is perfect. Damien Priest, for a guy that big, hides himself really well. Like, and WWE produce around him so that when there's like a, a two count cutoff, or when Damien Priest, of all people, a massive man, has to get in and break it up, you sort of he finds the, the gap where you forget about him until the last minute. And that's clearly not just a Kevin Dunn production thing because that's carried over since Kevin Dunn left. So they do a really good job of making you think this is the time, mm. this is the time. And because that's effective, it makes you realize how effective the Judgment Day have become as tag champions. They are feeling like an unbeatable outfit at this point, which, of course, is exactly what you want going into WrestleMania. Look, whether I get my way with Awesome Truth or whether or not it's one of the many other tag teams, mm. and there are plenty on this roster... The Judgment Day here defeated a strong unit mm. in Bait and Dunn. As I say, those double team moves, there's two of us now. <laughs> like, they had Dominic on the side for a certain, like, part of the match, but ultimately they had to get it done by themselves in the end. They did, they left a gap, and I thought this was telling in the agent and in the match, they left a gap from Dominic getting evicted to them winning the match that made it abundantly clear that, yes, they'd used him along the way, but getting it done was all about them. Mm. This was a clear attempt to put over the champions, yes, as heels, yes, as cheats, but ultimately as winners. These feel right now, these belts are in good shape. Like, the Judgment Day are not not a cartoon act, even even with the R-Truth element, even with the fact that they're kind of... They were soundly defeated by Raw's top heels. They're, They're that level below, but as, like, tag team champions, they are for real. Yeah. Not a bad night for Bait and Dunn. I don't see much on their uh, WrestleMania like sort of run sheet now. I think like getting a stadium title match was something. Yeah. But I would imagine now this is where we have to see WWE acting as if it had rankings, even though it doesn't. Because realistically, now the New Catch Republic, having just renamed themselves, have already lost the biggest match they can have. That's back of the line stuff, isn't it? You've got to now run through. You're pretty deadlies, mm. and you you probably got to lose to AOP. You've got to have your bumps in the road and all that, and then get going again. Mm. But I, I thought this was the layout. The layout favoured 
the Judgment Day as working heels when you're on the road to WrestleMania and you want the tag match to feel big. The team that beats these, like, either need to do it through incredible pro wrestling or the love of the audience. Yeah. Like, the love of the audience, and dare I say this, considering that he says what's up and it's a call and response, a loud entrance. Like, awesome truth to me fit better than even an act like the Creeds or DX because at, <laughs> this, at this point, the Judgment Day are kind of proven that they can, like, outwit and out-wrestle teams. So it's like, you need something different. Like, who'd you get outwit? Who, who outwits the outwitters? The stupid people. Yes. And I got two lined up for you. <laughs> this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Then we got a 55-minute break uh, from wrestling, Michael Hamflet. Um <laughs> Don't we all want more of them? I will say, in amongst that, there was a Grayson Bloody War effect. 25 uh, minutes that went. So we didn't get a 55 minute break, did we? We got 55 minutes where 25 minutes within that featured the biggest star in the industry, the WWE champion elect, mm. the current world heavyweight champion. Who were they talking about? The Rock and Roman Reigns. What else happened? An Australian got a massive hometown pop despite having to work as a heel. Mm -hmm. Really? Did like, a shoey with uh, Tai Tuivasa as well? Yeah. That, yeah. that and all. UFC. A shoe FC, right? Um, I, like, was able to maintain his babyface one-night presence while just hanging his arsehole mate out to dry, <laughs> basically. A really fun segment where they managed to say loads and say nothing at yeah. all, and it got some of the loudest responses in the building, and... I imagine a bunch of people that went there were buzzed to see Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Would they have loved to see a match? Of course they would love to see a match. Like, who doesn't love some wrestling at the mm. wrestling show? But they got loads of that as well. F*** off. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but it started off, I suppose, technically as an Austin Theory Live. Brings out Grayson Waller, Shuey with Tai Tuivasa, as I said. Um, What's that guy's name? Tai Tuivasa. He's a very dangerous heavyweight in the UFC's mm. big lads division, basically, and synonymous with Shuey's. Uh, I think he was even 
uh, grading rears from the uh, the kickoff show that <laughs> they did or the you know the promotional thing. Um, yeah, outcomes Grayson Waller, as I said, and then they bring out Seth Rollins, who got a good pap, as he would point out. Uh, yeah, this, is, this is the other thing, right? Those Australian fans. I feel like I've like abusing my platform here, but like those Australian fans that get what one show every six years mm-hmm. or something. We're probably going to want to spend as long as they can going, whoa, whoa. Like, people in America like it. 10,000-plus mm. crowds every week in various American towns that get WWE twice a year want to do it. So it stands to reason that the Australians would want to carry that on as long as possible. That's fun, isn't it? That's one of the things you want to have fun at a WWE show doing. Mm. Like, I said this on the Raw preview. Cody Rhodes comes out. I wish, I just wish Cody Rhodes' entrance had, like, a call and response bit that, like, thousands and thousands of people could want to go to the show to do. If only that was in there, but wrestling's not really about entrances. It's just about two men in their fucking underpants locking up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, But, yeah, Cody comes out, as you say, huge reaction. Nobody should stink a piss in the BCC gym. That's wrestling. They, uh... I feel like everybody's the South Park wrestling coach but me. The uh, the dare the dare man like I'll say this for the dare man he understood that a long entrance had value. <laughs> so I love I love that quote of his by the way and this is rich coming from the dare man but he was always like when I was in there with an edge or a Kurt Angle I get my ass to the ring when I was in there with Karma the Supreme Fighting Machine I take my time you got to give the people a little more of what they want didn't stop about Yoko did you <laughs> so. Uh, they ask Seth about who he wants to face later after in the chamber, but Seth's got bigger news than that. It was a uh, Grayson Waller with big announcements on it. Seth is days away, basically, from being medically clear, which is a huge relief. And um, unless someone does something to that knee, and we also got an announcement from Cody Rhodes. He seemingly intimated he was going to explain why he said, no, I'm all right for Mania, actually, and then changed his mind. Mm. But in amongst all that, challenged The Rock to a singles match before Seth immediately said, by the way, you're not these uh, bloodline lot usually like, so they're, they're getting closer and closer to setting up the the official, when they there's footage of the four of them, I know, uh, the WrestleMania stuff in the back, I think we can tell where this one's going. <laughs> the tag match hasn't been officially announced yet, of course, but that seems the direction we're going in. Maybe we get a Cody Rock match further down the line, SummerSlam, wherever that may be. Um, but I will say, I thought Austin Theory played his role perfectly here, aping The Rock, doing mm. all of The Rock's catchphrases, and... I'm a stupid bastard, but me and Phil fell about laughing on the live stream when he did the smell and kept it going as he got his head wrapped <laughs> into a sign and then uh, stomped, well, Cody could and then stomped by uh, Seth whilst uh, Austin, uh, whilst Grayson Waller was like, I'm not looking stupid on my show, am I? In my home country, thank you very much. I quite like that dynamic with uh, Grayson Waller and Austin Theory as well. Like Grayson Waller has absolutely used Austin Theory to sort of get this platform yeah. on SmackDown, but he also thinks, I'm a lot better than you, and one of these days I'm going to kick you to the curb permanently, and I'll let you take this like beat in for the night and not get in any trouble myself. That's yeah, something to WrestleMania, these two. There's not? been teases of that on SmackDown, hasn't there? Like if, like, and they're, like, they've still got a bit of a backstage with Kevin Owens. If only uh, he could find a partner. <laughs> like, who could say? Uh... Cody was interesting here. Like, I know before that now infamous SmackDown segment mm-hmm. where he brought The Rock out, he said he'd taken counsel from the great one. 
I didn't realise he'd also taken counsel uh, from Adam Nicholas mm. because he tore the rock to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention how he described The Rock and his uh, shtick, let's say. There is some LTST and law out the air here. Before Cody left WWE, there's a promo that... Um, I'll, it's, I shared it a million years ago, so I'll see if I can find it on my own aches when I dare go back on there. Um, it's when he's Stardust. Mm. He's doing an interview with Brandy Rhodes, who's Eden at the time. I was going to say, yeah. And uh, So there's already a bit of a nudge and a wink to it all, but he's backstage and he's talking about how... It's old men, uh, old men like thriving, young men dying. Words to that effect, mm. and it's basically how he needs to like destroy the attitude here once and for all. It's really funny because he names like uh, Big Show in it, and yes. like various other people. And Mark Henry, I think, is another one. It's like these people need to be out of the way. This is 2016, so he's still working as hard as. And then, if you remember, when him and Brandy do some awesome promo work to build up to the double or nothing match with Dustin, his brother. Hey, my older brother. He says, you represent the Attitude Era. Like, I don't want to kill my brother, but I need to kill what my mm-hmm. brother represents. And I'm going to do that by putting a sledgehammer through a throw and I'm going to beat you bloody uh, uh, double or nothing. And he did and all the rest of it. And AEW existing as much to finally do away with this era that WWE can't get over and thus won't push anybody else. I felt a bit of that. Mm. And Cody, yeah, I like The Rock. He's a great guy. He'd probably call me a... A Rudy Poo or a candy something. He was just spitting these words out of his mouth. He's like, this ancient dated pattern needs to die with you, Dwayne. Like, he couldn't have been more sort of insincere in his, like, that little shred of generosity extended to The Rock just evaporated as he just destroyed everything that Rock has said and done. He stopped short of saying, oh, sorry, Rock. You're not giving me goosebumps anymore. <laughs> like he was just eviscerating him. And it's great because The Rock's on SmackDown. Jeez, this week. And you're sort of, it's sort of like, right, your move, great one. And now Rock will probably do the same back to Cody. And again, all this builds this tag match. And him stopping just short of the explanation made me think, are they going to try and explain this? Mm-hmm. Because it did seem for a few weeks like, yeah, forget about it. Shut up. Like, stop asking it's questions. Fairly, it's not easy, but it's explainable away, i.e., he. Got in my to ear manipulate. Yeah, he got yeah. in my ear and said you should step away. And then immediately went, well, as soon as he stepped away, I'll take that. Thank you very much. And then Cody went, wait a second. Yeah. like You weren't advising me because of me. You were, yeah. Do you think the kayfabe is Cody was saying, I'll think about it. Meet me in the ring at SmackDown. And then Rock whispers something like, stop thinking about it and get the hell out of the ring. And that's why Cody looked so upset. Or something. He was rattled. There. Like, are they going to actually try and make sense of this? gaping pothole and huge pivot or whatever you want to call it because it I just thought they were gonna leave it alone and Cody's like teasing that he was gonna say something makes me think there's more to come. Mm. I don't know. Like it was it was I didn't expect him to I've got your dog Cody. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit of uh something you guys want to talk about OG to Cody yeah. at the moment. I'm like you're just gonna start saying stuff. <laughs> you're gonna call out the punker again. Um yeah, love this. So did the people in the building. And speaking of which, actually, Chris A, thank you for your comment. I will get to the comments properly in due course. I've, I've seen thank you, everyone, for commenting throughout. Chris A says, Sorry, everybody. Uh, the grace and bloody war effect was so loud in the stadium, we lost our minds and our voices singing to everything. The next morning, my seven-year-old daughter who watched on TV couldn't stop singing Seth's song. Anyway. Was that Chris A? Uh, yes, Chris A. Thanks, Chris A. I'm glad you had a great time. I'm glad that your daughter is probably a fan for life of a particular presentation style that works for a lot of people. 
So, uh, back to the wrestling. Uh, it was <laughs> top of the men's elimination chamber this match. This is fantastic. Uh, Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight, yeah. Kevin Owens, uh, who arrived with a koala bear, but did not bring it to the chamber. No, you can't let chlamydia loose in an elimination chamber. <laughs> Logan Paul's in it, though. Um, <laughs> Logan Paul, who brought... Speaking of dogs with two dicks. Logan Paul, who brought a Sharpie, drew devil horns on his pod... And then Kevin Owens sucks, or Kevin sucks. In fact, Kevin Owens stick figure. Fat stick, man. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> Told you. That's pretty good. Yeah. Owens. I think, well, basically, you're at the level now of saying, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Logan Paul. No. Hey, 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 hey. You are right. Prime's delicious, isn't it? No, I'm not right. And I'll tell you who else isn't. And that's the entire of Australia, it would seem. Because they were booing him in a way that I found immensely satisfying. Yes. It wasn't encouraged. It was like, I hate you. Yeah. Not everything wrong. Like, how did society reach a point where Logan Paul has won? It was that kind of, like, you can't articulate that with boo, but it just felt really visceral. There was a spot where, and what a great spot this was. Was it Bobby Lashley slamming Logan Paul up against Kevin's pod? Yes. To the point where Kevin Owens could punch at the same time. <laughs> yes. Like, the fans just came ungl- and rightfully so. I also like the bit before this match even started. Logan Paul's going around. Hey, to like Bobby Lashley's pot or whatever, and he's like, I'm gonna go and wind up Kevin. Oh, that was great. Starts headbutting the plexiglass, and he's like, oh, that's, a, that's a bit much, that mate. I know he's done versions of this as well in all of his like entrances, but the now that thing where they shoot him from the back and a f- fan like holds out a bottle of prime and he just sticks his chewing gum on the lid. Thanks, Brady. <laughs> like that like, massive priming shot, chewing gum on the top. You're an arsehole and you've just plugged your product. Yeah, like can't hate it. Don't give it to your kids. <laughs> you say that, and sometimes I'm like, we haven't done a laugh bit off the back of mm. it. You Don't. know what you should give your kids instead? What's that? Tickets to the What Culture live show. It's always sunny at What Culture. It goes down on the Sunday of WrestleMania. We are the meat in your WrestleMania sandwich. Uh, it goes down at uh, lunchtime on the Sunday, so plenty of time to get over to uh, night two of WrestleMania. We can all head over there together if you fancy it. Uh, whatculture.com <laughs> forward slash tickets is where you need to head if you want to book tickets for that one. VIP sold out ages ago, but generally admission still available all the gang's going to be there all the usual shenanigans and yeah the 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 afterglow of night one of wrestlemania the anticipation of night two join us for that i can't wait you um so i've heard you say this a few times now but like yeah well, travel over together number one are you paying for that and number two are you sort of visualizing that like bullet club invasion of raw that time where you've got uh, yeah. like a loudspeaker at the we front we got ourselves a convoy and she a beautiful sight that's what i'm picturing yep uh but before we get, because I'll, I'll I'll be all over the place here, okay. as I always am. I mean, it bears repeating. Logan Paul's just a natural, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was really really strong in this. Like the, um, we like do you, have you got a recap or are we just no, just bounce all over like, the place. Yeah, the this this was so well booked this match, right? I want to. Sony like, Television sums this up perfectly. Logan Paul's so good; it's frustrating. It is. It is frustrating how good he is because for the longest time, I liked the idea that we had in our midst a jacked, more athletic Shane McMahon, going to do the part-time schedule, afford to be able to take the bumps because yeah. he was then going to disappear for months at a time, all that sort of stuff. And he is that. However, he clearly get, and we saw this in his in the first seconds of his first match. Like WrestleMania 38, was it? I was like, oh, he's got the intangibles down more than about 50 performance center graduates, and that's what matters more. You can learn to flip. You can steal Hangman Page's entire <laughs> arsenal, but you can't get... Yeah, I forgot that he cost Seth Rollins by using the, the bookshop, basically. Aye, yeah, you, like, you can watch your Hangman Page tapes, but you can't, 
like uh, you can't nail down those intangibles. That it factor. Hangman Page could do watching the Logan Paul stance. Uh <laughs> but having that is way more important than the moves. Yeah, because the moves can always come. The body can come, and Jesus Christ, the body has come. Like he bumps, like he just he <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> he like he bounces off that frigging mat. So when people get him, you get the catharsis of him getting got, and it's immensely satisfying. Kevin Owens locking himself in a phone box with him was a, such a great visual. Kevin Owens in the pod. Bobby Lashley through the pod. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then just the, the composition of him, the camera lingering on him for, for long enough, and they've made you look at its misdirection, they've made you look at the nooks, all that sort of stuff, that the RKO out of nowhere in a cage can be so effectively shot as to not just put over Randy Orton as having, like, always having that left. You can beat Randy Orton down, and man, he got beaten down in this match, but there's always an RKO, and that's the, that's the clear and present danger of the RKO, and that's why it's so effective even now. The way they shot that, that out of nothing, Randy Orton has pulled an RKO out of his ass, and Logan Paul is beaten because it just happens like that. Mm. Even Logan Paul can go down to that. Old man Orton still got one in him, that sort of thing. For that to be so frustrating for Logan that he then lingers and picks his moment and screws Orton and thus presumably builds a WrestleMania match, which nobody was really no. predicting, and yet feels great on paper. Like, instantly when you realise, oh, that's what's happening, you're thinking, that's going to work. Yeah. Like, Orton is going to beat the dog out of him, but Logan's going to bump around for a while, and he's going to somehow cheat to take advantage. And if Orton sells half as well as he did in this chamber you're going to think, man, Logan Paul's got the better of old man Randy here. And, like, Randy Orton's going to, I would say, like, pivot quite gracefully into the, like, the old aging veteran role because it's not like he moved that quick when he was young. Mm. So, like, his glacial pace will really favour the chemistry of these two. I, I, I couldn't have loved that more, not least because it was, the like, the, the brass knuckles shot to put out Orton and gift it to... Like, Drew McIntyre's entire match was gift-wrapped, effectively. But was the second one of those in a match... And it felt completely different to yes, the first one. Yes, Like, they've done AJ Styles sneaking in. Like, I flew all the way across the big land that is the world. And I, I just kept wondering how I wouldn't fall off the ceiling, right? <laughs> so he gets all the way to Australia just to wait for an opportunity moment with the doors open. Yeah. Like, really, really nicely, elegantly arranged running for an elimination chamber. He didn't, like, I loved it, right? But you had to suspend your disbelief quite a lot that Shawn Michaels... Like, trapped himself under the ring for four hours just to cut a hole in it and attack the Undertaker. Mm. Or, like, lift the panel off yeah. whenever it was. Um, not AJ Styles. One of Michael Cole's best calls that. Shawn Michaels. Like, AJ Styles just picked his moment. I, uh, I genuinely quite like that. But then you think, you've done that once. You can't do another surprise run-in. Oh, no, he just never left. Yeah. And you were, you were left to completely forget about him. And Orton, with the... Orton having the temerity hit such a cool RKO. That's what's pissed Logan Paul off. Logan Paul is the type of narcissist that wants his moment. Oh, yeah. And Randy Orton's just robbed it. And that is perfect fodder for this revenge attack, which in turn is perfect fodder for a WrestleMania match. Really, really smart and well thought through. Hiding in plain sight. You, We all talked about LA Knight and AJ Styles having this little tiff, but nothing that was going to be WrestleMania worthy. And we all sort of were looking past it to LA Knight and Logan Paul. Another day, mm. two matches instead of one. Yeah, yeah, I loved uh, AJ Styles. I'm just gonna head over just on the off chance that I can 
Yeah. Batter LA night. No wonder this. the OC wanted nothing to do with it. Come on, I'm not flying all the way to bloody Australia. Come on yourself. He has got that big <laughs> console that he takes with him, though, doesn't he? He's, he's very prepared for travel. I've got a lot of time for that for ages. How about so. the Jaguar? <laughs> um, Lashley, you know, we thought there might be some final testament interference, but they, they talked about the arm and he took like Dam- three damage finishes. Was done, wasn't yeah. It? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for his elimination, which uh, was followed, yeah, by Drew eliminating LA Knight again. Because Conversely, can you imagine? Obviously, Good Brothers want nothing to do with the flight over. I think Karen Cross and AOP were like, should we uh, attack him in Australia, boss? And like, no, just do it on SmackDown. Yeah. No, I'm not paying for your plane tickets. Uh, I just love the fact that Drew Mang, two of his three eliminations, I mean, Bobby Lashley, I think, was setting up something when he hit him with a claymore to yeah. eliminate him, but the, two of the others, he was just like... Oh, he was setting up a powerbomb, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Drew jumped over the top, yeah, and he hit him in the head. Uh, I just love the fact that he's... Yes, I'll take it. Every, everything's one. coming up Drew yeah. since he turned heel, basically. Um, yeah, and, and Randy Orton's selling. We should mention this. Big MGM made a good point, which was uh, Orton sold his back so well, people thought he was legit hurt. That's a veteran right yeah. there. I mean, watching live, that was all people were talking about online. Is like, oh, God, is, it, is Orton hurt? Yeah. Like, I want him to have... Like, this is it. And again, because of his... He's been at this 20 years. Longer. 22 years of my life, I've been watching <laughs> Randy Orton. Like, because... Like, that carries something at this point. Like, 22 years. I'm trying to do some fast math. Right. What's... 2008 minus 22 years. So 20 years will be 1988, right? Is that right? Hmm? 22 years will yes. be 1986. So when Shawn Michaels retired Ric Flair, I'm sorry I love you, in 2008, you'd have to go back to 1986 to draw the same amount of time that Randy Orton has been having Randy Orton matches. <laughs> it's a long time to watch headlocks. But it's now so long that, and he's just come back from injury, that you see him arching his back and you see him just in agony and they're all pissing sweats I'm assuming that was partly to do with the Australian heat Mm -hmm. or maybe just the enthusiasm and the energy and the sort of like all that incredible like sort of I don't know like as they say like walk to the ring before the match I don't know like if you could like sort of make that feel bigger perhaps but like if if I'm them I'm just strolling the ring I'm not making a big fuss of it but I guess all that adrenaline that must come from that boring bland walk to the ring where none of them do anything or have any signature poses or themes or whatever um it just seemed to like have the sweat pouring out of them, the Drews, yeah. the Ortons, the likes. And it just looked like he'd been in a more so than war games, more so than yeah. the Rumble, things like that. Like when he was in the four way, just looked like he'd been in a battle. And I think that's again, that's going to be perfect for the Logan Paul match because they couldn't look any more different. Logan Paul will be fresh, Logan Paul will be as jacked, but loads more. And he can do a double on some of those impulsive losers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Two bottles of Prime. Sick brothers all over again, basically. Two bottles of Prime. Yes. With the DDT. Viper flavor Prime in the build-up as well. Love that. Yeah. What flavor would Viper be? Delicious if it's Prime, whatever it is. So. Snakeskin bottle. Yeah, go yeah. on. Remember the, the um, Jurassic Park pencils that change color when you held them yes. in hand? Oh, my God. I've used that for any of the matches so far. <laughs> but a color-changing bottle of Prime. But yeah, I, I, all, all of the alternative, of course. Um, uh, Josh Matlock suggests a three-way with KO. Me and uh, Phil were suggesting you need to certain other people on the card. Maybe you yeah. just you do the the Daniel Bryan IC title mm-hmm. eight-person ladder thing. That could be hell of a, a hell of a match if you just hold the US title up there for that. 
Yeah. Um, Logan Paul, obviously. Just going, you've pissed off so many people, I'm just going to have to put you all in a match. Yeah. They all hate you. Him feeling cheated by his circumstances, but basically circumstances he's brought on himself by yeah. like alienating everybody. Look, if we'd, like, we've kind of gone a bit boring and a bit route one with Kevin Owens. If he's not teaming up with Stone Cold Steve Austin to fight <laughs> A-Town Down Under, <laughs> like he does need something. And it does feel like there's a at least one more match with Logan Paul. I, I, that feels yeah. like a SmackDown TV match, maybe. maybe. Um, I don't know about Kevin Owens at the moment, but he's not missing WrestleMania, is he? It's exciting, yeah. trying to work out what he might do. Mm. Is he going to try and escape over a Raw to help Sami Zayn, maybe? Mm. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's interesting with Owens, because I wouldn't say at the moment there's an obvious, other than the Stone Cold Steve Austin tag match, mm. there's not an obvious match for him. But he just doesn't feel like a guy that's going to miss it. He's no. too hot at the right time of year. Uh, main event time. It was uh, Sydney native Nia Jax <laughs> versus Red Adelaide native Rhea Ripley for the uh, Women's World Championship. Uh, it was so lovely. You know, the, the shot of Rhea's friends and family at ringside yeah, was amazing. awesome. Uh, and did you think her sister looked like 2017 her? Yeah, a little Remember bit. Like sort of when she was like sort of, I'm a blonde wrestler. Yeah, that was a whole gimmick. <laughs> oh wait, your knocks have gone down. I can make something out of this. I did that. Um, but I, not to overshadow Rhea Ripley and the amazing reaction she got and, and all that and the fact she's going on facing Becky at WrestleMania. I just love Nia Jax. I thought she she played her role perfectly in here. Yeah. Um, there's a thing in wrestling where, and it doesn't always go this way, and you always feel sad for the performers when it when it doesn't. But you want to have, you want to pick the best night to have your best night. And it, like sometimes you need the stars to align a little bit. Sometimes the booking needs to be on your side, and then it all falls to you to just nail it, mm. really. And Nia Jax did. I've loved this run. I've loved this run so much, and I'm saying it past tense because I'm a little bit worried that we might have witnessed the peak. And there's no, there's no harm in that. There's no mm -hmm. shame in it. But I just think it's maybe time to measure expectations of what you're going to get from Nia Jax going forward because she comes back in 2023 as a total agent of chaos, as a reborn monster. Truthfully, as a monster that WWE often failed to book as a monster first time around. Like, she was an effective monster in NXT with Smoke and Mirrors and Bailey and Asuka. But ultimately, on the main roster, you always felt that the, the injury record dogged her, inconsistent booking mm -hmm. let her down, a strange baby face turn that never really took, like oh, yeah. diluted a lot of her sort of aura as a monster, as a danger to everybody around her, a kayfabe danger, I should specify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that to worry about post-2023 return at all. She has dominated everybody in her path. The Annihilator was brand new out the box, established as a killer uh, finisher. For what purpose? Well, like every killer finisher, to one day be kicked out of. When was it kicked out of? At the exact right time, when Rhea Ripley is in front of 50,000 of her home country fans that are desperate to see her win and now see no way back for her. And by the way, Nia Jax laid that all the way in. Mm. So that kick out was super, like, super no. believable. Because like, oh, she's dead. Great. And then she somehow, like, comes back from the dead to go on and win. But it was the other stuff, wasn't it? It was the space between they borrowed liberally from TakeOver London's Bailey Nia Jax match where you have to basically move around Nia Jax, not because she's limited, definitely not because she's limited, because movement is the only way to beat her. If she slows you down, if she grinds you down, she's going to keep you close. She's going to do moves like the like the running, like the leg drop and the scent on. It's like this is what's happened. Mm -hmm. You've not like built space. Rhea trying to springboard off ropes and run around her to get to the top rope. 
was absolutely fantastic because she never does it. Mm. She's normally the she's normally the bigger woman, and now she has to adjust to being the smaller one. So I loved that for starters. Then you get stuff when they move to the floor, where Nia Jax, obviously drilling Rhea onto the table would have been enough, but jumping off the chair... Or drilling her onto the table covered in monitors yeah, still. not sweeping oh. it away, just back going against the corners. Jumping off the office chair, mid-rotation, right, was either an ingenious spot placement, and they knew, we're going to do this, but... It's going to go how it's going to go because those chairs will decide for themselves how this is going to mm. go. Or, oh, the table didn't break. I'm going to put you through this way. Either way, that's yes. a win. That was really great agent in or utterly fantastic instincts, but it's a win either way because it went down a treat. Like the building loved it. They couldn't believe it. They were watching. Again, save your big moments for the big moments. Remember Nijax did that, like dive onto 50 people once at ringside. That was great, but it was in a raw yeah. main event or whatever. People just let that one go. Not this one. People will talk about this. I saw somebody fantasy booking Athena versus Nijax. Nijax has entered that rarefied air where people wanted to see like AWWE dream matches. Overnight, she's entered it. Yeah. And I think in a, in a lot of cases, it's because people tune in for these PLEs or people that would traditionally only watch AEW, uh, not necessarily conditioned how WWE pay-per-views are paced, uh, see wrestlers and think, oh, I've just discovered that Nia Jax is good. No, no, this has been happening for quite a while, yeah. and this is almost like a celebration of what she's managed to accomplish over Becky the past several months. Becky match was great at the start of the year. Absolutely. And again, WWE didn't lean on this anywhere near enough, but you were supposed to receive Nia as a believable winner strictly because Becky wouldn't have wanted that. You know, Becky wouldn't have wanted mm -hmm. this. I think Nia's set up for, if Becky Lynch wins at WrestleMania, you've got Nia Jax there as a backlash opponent. Mm -hmm. One more time. Like, I beat you before you beat Rhea, and I came this close to beating Rhea. Give me a shot. Until you beat me, you haven't beat anybody. Like, that's there if you want to tell that story. And this Nia Jax kept hot for what, like, six, like, get her through Mania. That is difficult. You mentioned Jade Cargill. Yeah. Love the idea of that, but she would have to lose again. Yeah. It would have to be, like, an all-time smoke and mirrors, two or three moves and out type thing. I, like the jaded would be a would be awesome mm. if she can get her up for the jaded. That would be the superplex in this match was awesome as well. Well, yeah, like I'd like recalled uh, to my very very interested and definitely listened to me children how when Nia Jax had been in a match similar to this before, it was the super belly to belly, but you have to get Nia organically up there in the first place. And as soon as she started scaling the ropes, and my kids that were definitely listening and not watching things on the tablets said, God, Dad, yeah, that's a really good take. How did, how did you think about that? <laughs> I, watched, I watched wrestling for 30-odd years, so sometimes I know the odd thing. Uh, tell some people on Twitter, my children, that are definitely listening. <laughs> um, how they sort of organically arrived at that point a couple of times for Rhea to think, I'm just going to have to do this. I'm going to have to give up potentially like my core strength. If I do this superplex, I could injure myself on recourse and lose this match yeah. but I've got to risk it all I've got to do is get her up for the riptide after this yeah like high risk high reward yeah. within the confines of the story was really inspired sometimes the best pro wrestling are the basics done to their most brilliant level uh, David and Goliath a hometown hero a like we joked about this when uh, can Cody lift Omos right obviously I never wanted that to be Wrestlemania but I want to watch that one day yeah can Cody Rhodes lift Omos? Like, probably not, but what if he power slams him? Yeah. It's Hogan Andre. It's like all of those things, but done. And the best possible opportunity, the best possible time, this was that. Loved watching Rhea celebrate with the family afterwards. Oh. Loved watching her trying to um, 
stay in character until the barcode came up and she knew she was off the air because then when you see people's phone footage and she's just losing it, that's that's the good stuff. Like, I want that dose of reality after I've enjoyed, like, the performance of it. Yeah. Tremendous. I also give a shout-out as well, because I forgot to do it earlier, to the Aussie crowd. There was a My Hole chant throughout this yeah. match. And at one point on our stream, we were like, oh, no. So have we done something wrong with the network or something? screen had gone blank for like five seconds and subsequently discovered it was I think the entire front row flipping off Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> Is that what that was? I, I remember so. that. Yeah. That's what I heard. Because the live thing was still in the corner, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just a really, uh, really enjoyable main event with the right outcome. I initially said, oh, they should have Becky come out and you know, you go look at each other and mm-hmm. they go, oh, wrestle. Actually, as the show went on, I was like, don't do that. Becky, get booed out of the goddamn building. Yeah, not that night, yeah. And there was no WrestleMania sign, was there? No. WWE would have wanted Pirates had that one, I think, probably. Yeah, of course. I heard that. They were taking bits of the chamber. Yes. (laughs) I wonder if they just came away. I wonder if, like, a deal was struck where they just gave them, like, a box of Prime or something. Just take that and resell it. Take that. Snatch your hand off or something like that. Bill going to become a pirate. New pirate flavor. (laughs) If if you would be in your element if there was, like, a pirate-themed NXT show, wouldn't you? Oh my god! On a boat. <laughs> what? On a on a boat, <laughs> the NXT pirate that comes down swinging like the Birchall rope. Ah, oh, don't <laughs> always campaign for that. Um, well, let's move to your, your comments. Thank you to everyone who's uh, who's donated and sent comments. I'll try and get through as many as we can in the time that we've got left. Um, uh, Steve Nicola Kapoulis, thank you for your donation, Steve. Uh, says, good day, non-virgins. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> looking into your crystal ball, who do you think the next undeniable wrestler will be, and do you think the company they are with will strap the rocket? Cheers, fellas. Undeniable. Uh, what is it like to mean people on either undercard at the moment in WWE and AEW? Mm. Well, we've, I sort of feel like we've covered it. Tiffany Stratton yeah. is the one that leaps out. Um, again, just... I knew she wasn't going to win. Everybody did. But she came away stealing all the conversations, and I think that goes a long way, doesn't it? Same with Braun, I'd say. Yeah, Braun Breaker. Um, Could he easily, easily see both of them winning Money in the Bank, for example? It feels, again, it feels like a good time to be not just an NXT call-up, but an NXT call-up that has absolutely, definitely, without doubt, had a complete run on NXT. Like, nobody at this point, I know the Wolf Dogs are amazing, but ultimately, that's a good time, not a long one. You don't want Bron in NXT much longer because then he starts to go stale all over again. Mm. Tiffany Stratton went at just the right time, as we said. Taylor's all his time, like, slipping horse dung <laughs> and falling about. <laughs> like, that's how everybody used to leave the territory. So, yeah, I uh, it's, it's those two that jump out. AW at the moment, who's undeniable in AW right now? Like, you got, it's a different lay of the land there because <laughs> you can't say consensus best wrestler in the world for the past three years, Will Ospreay. No. <laughs> he can't count, but he's going to come in, he's going to have this amazing run, he's going to be in the world title match at Wembley Stadium. Yes. So that's undeniable, right? But I'm not exactly a hot take merchant for saying <laughs> Will Ospreay's a good wrestler. Like, ah, do you know what the most popular things about the Will Ospreay presentation is? His f***ing entrance music. <laughs> How many people called for that coming back? Yeah. Well, we're so oh, elevated. How many people campaigned and campaigned and campaigned for it because entrances matter? Uh, Matt Rains, here's a cheer up. Hi, Matt. Uh, says, 
Well, he's quoting here. In extra time, it's been Klopp's kids against the Blues billion-pound bottle jobs, referencing Good. Liverpool uh, beating Chelsea in the EFL Cup final yesterday. Great performance. Uh, Matt Raines writes, Cinema, happy Monday, brothers. Have a great week and enjoy all the wrestling, but not too much wrestling. Am I right, Hamlet? Cheers, guys. Thank you, Matt, for that. For once, Matt, you are dead bang right, and uh, thank you very much for your... <laughs> Oddly, you know, I love in wrestling when uh, rivals yes. have shared like a long story feud, just like shake hands and come together. So, like the Carl Weathers, yeah, thing, yeah, like yeah. Wardlow sliding the ring of punk. Kind of felt like Matt Reigns was sliding the ring across to me this weekend because he was just one of the only ones reaching out a hand. What <laughs> didn't have a middle finger on the end of it? I thought it was a fantastic performance by Liverpool yesterday. Not to get off topic too much here. Didn't see it, but I'm glad they won. Yeah. There's only one real CFC. So, uh, Eric Vasquez, great first name, Eric. Uh, thank you for your donation, as always. Says, hello, Kimasabe. Uh, what character introductions in movies do you think were done to perfection? I think Shredder from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie might be my all-time favorite. Cheers, Fed Boys. Eric, that is a hell of a shout. I love that introduction. I like the introduction to Super Shredder as well because it was Kevin Nash under the mask. Of course. Uh, it, like... What character is just like out of the box ready? I do you know what a film Cameron fan? Diaz in the mask or this is you? Anyone in the mask? Jim Carrey in the mask? <laughs> do you actually Ace the Ventura. dog when he wears the mask? Ace Ventura. That's Sp- a hell of a do you know what? Speaking of Jim Carrey in a much maligned film, I'll tell you who's great from the off in his like day to day work shoot life, and then all of a sudden how he morphs into this kind of monstrous caricature is the Riddler in Batman Forever. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I ain't talking my language, brother. Because that film is not good, really. Uh, it's great. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's great. It's not great. <laughs> but. Thanks. Yeah. I could. Yeah, do the old. Uh, oh, maybe Halloween. I could see that, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, Eric is Two Face. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Jim Carrey, I saw an absolutely fantastic. Proper. God, I wish I'd tweeted that. Um, somebody making the comparison between Liar Liar and the Iron Claw, where uh, <laughs> Maura Tierney basically plays a much put upon wife whose husband's finisher is the claw. <laughs> it was like very good, very good. I get you. Go and see the Iron Claw. It's good. <laughs> it's, be- it's better. It's better <laughs> have than you Batman found the? Have you found the picture of the? That is very good. Oh, is that not you? Yeah. Can we flash it up on screen without getting in trouble or not? Let's not risk it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Will Bourne in his WrestleMania gear, sort of thing. Like, yeah, getting his, getting his uh, special occasion attire ready. Um, Andy, uh, thank you for your donation, Andy, says, a tad disappointed re-watching Brian and Kenny. Brian's limb work didn't lead to much. Closing stretch lack drama. Brian, Nigel, Liverpool 06 blew it away. Oh, IMO. my God. That match was kick ass. It's horrific. It's <laughs> sicko stuff. That's the... Um, the Liverpool one is the match I'm thinking of where you've got the kind of infamous uh, concussion war where they're just pulling each other head first into <laughs> yeah. the post. But, like, I, that Liverpool crowd is unbelievable. Like, rooting for Nigel to get the win. It's Ring of Honor. Probably at its creative peak. Like, I don't know. I don't, not its commercials, anything, maybe, but certainly its creative peak. Um, Danielson Kenny, I haven't watched since probably a month after it aired, but that's pr- because I watched it like four times. After, I love that match. Uh, again, like, th- people love sharing the bit where the two of them face off. Mm-hmm. And Kenny's just looking and saying, I don't, I don't give a shit, Brian. I don't <laughs> care about any of this. And Brian's just 
buzzing. Jim Ross on commentary, like Grand Slam, the first Grand Slam. Yeah. In Arthur Ashe. Um, so, like, my memories are mainly around the magic of that. But I wouldn't mind giving it another watch, uh, watch a couple of years later, not least because, obviously, it was the tail end of Kenny's yeah. title run, and we know now just how many injuries he was carrying. Um, there's another one where he does that, like, 100-yard-dash-V yeah. trigger. <laughs> That's great. It really is. I get, get some green wraparound glasses. Yeah, Kenny was working really hurt. Yes. And, uh, like, we didn't even know what else we were going to get from Brian. We couldn't have foreseen the wrestling run we've had from him since then. Love that Nigel match, though. That is good. Mm. I, I recommend that. Not always a Nigel McGuinness guy, but when he peaked, he peaked. Mm. Uh, Bala says, uh, watch ZSJ's Axiom. And Walter, he plays the star, the hometown boy, must level up, and the Gracie-esque David to Gunther's Goliath, both perfectly. Yeah. Greater than Osprey. Uh, greater than Osprey. I agree. Zack Sabre Jr. is more my cup of tea than Will Osprey, only because um, I am a bit softer when it comes to moves that could very well... I don't want to be... I know like it's not very cool to be safety police, and wrestlers can choose to do what they want with their bodies. But I see the Osprey stuff, and it's like I'm a little bit long in the tooth, and I sort of think, "Ah, oh, man, I hope you're not like re- you're not suffering for your art in years to come." And I like ZSJ sometimes has these classics and takes like three bumps. Yeah, and it's just I think there is a real art to that, like an incredible art to it. And they've had great matches, so like ZSJ can do that with a Will Osprey, probably literally on a Wet Wednesday in Stoke. Mm-hmm. I bet they have. Yes, but like. Ah, he's uh, he's somebody I would have honestly liked to see. Not no shade on Osprey or Okada, but I'd have been more interested in watching ZSJ become a full time weekly North American TV mm. wrestler than both of those two. I'd have felt there was more juice in that fruit. But the we chat, should... hasn't he? As well, hmm? he's got the chat as well. Yeah, uh-huh. we shall see. I guess I think he's going to win the IWGP title. Mm. Uh, ZSJ maybe win the G One this year. Uh, Mr. Phoenix says this is not a dig at AEW or the books as WWE does it a lot, but with the current uh, real life headlines, is it a good time for an abusive authority angle? Could do more harm than good. Um, I don't know. I get it. I, I get why you would maybe want to steer away from it, but I think the young books are caricatures, and a little bit of me thinks this mostly just exists for the Sting program. Yes, I think they're working to. I think they win at Revolution. Mm. And I think they get the belts on themselves, and then the power is not from being EVPs. The power's from having the titles, and it's back to being a bit more wrestling-centric. I think this is fun, but I think it exists for a purpose. I might be wrong. Uh, Edwin Rosenquist. Edwin, I apologise if I've butchered your surname there. says, should, should Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan reunite as a tag team? Um... I don't know. Raquel Rodriguez, I think at the moment, is going to be too much of a babyface because people know the real life stuff she's going through. Yeah. Like she had them, um, apologies, I don't know the exact name of the condition, but she did mention that she'd had another flare up. Yes. If you go to her socials and you see what she's had to go oh, through. Oh, my it's word. Like, it's things that have like flared up overnight. It's part of like a viral infection, so it's caused a severe illness. Oh, so I was going like, why isn't she wearing makeup? Is that, I didn't see any of that. Forget about them. But like, so she's endured quite a lot, and we know it's like a super cosmetic industry yes. and like. I don't know, like, if this sort of thing's something she expects to happen again, and they just want to, like, use her as... I And here, she was sort of ideal fodder, like a... Again, like a larger woman in a match that can play the monster, but then get beaten, and it's seen as a scalp for whoever yeah. it's been. Um, and I just think she's... As a result of that, I think people know too much about her real life that I wouldn't expect her to be a heel, and I mm. feel like that's where Liv Morgan's going. Yeah, maybe. Uh, 
Speaking of tag teams, uh, Dean Sheets says, thoughts on the new tag team, Kaiwala? I like Dean Sheets' comments previously. So I uh, feel like he's done that one for your benefit, isn't he? Um, didn't we have something on this before? Brian, our SmackDown review correspondent and preview correspondent, flagged up that we'd done this entire line before, yeah. where it's team KO Arlen, yes. and he's with LA Knight, so we've covered off the KO and the LA because we're such hacks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Phoenix, uh, thank you again for your donation, says, with the reported disharmony after Scott Demore leaving, is TNA in the conversation enough that a walkout could affect the industry as a whole? Ooh. Interesting that. I don't know, because it would be unprecedented that an entire talent acts like that with such unity. Um, reports from this week, which we touched on in the news today, which mm -hmm. you can find on YouTube, was that talent have had another meeting, and whilst there are still... People that want Scott Demore back, and there is still a lot of, um, you know, disappointment, I guess, with how the decision was handled. It does seem like this was the latest meeting in an attempt to smooth things over, and I think the test now will be on the big names not leaving. There's been a lot of speculation about two or three names already seeing this as a, right, this was, I was with TNA because I trusted Scott Demore, and we'll see how that plays out in the wash. I don't ever think wrestlers will unite behind one common goal and leave it just history isn't kind to that sort of thing no. um and if they did i think the new management at anthem sports and entertainment or whatever they're called would make a point of signing like 30 wrestlers like effectively as scabs yeah. to cross this imaginary picket line and just put on a show and say oh, come back when you're ready but these guys are taking your spots mm. i think it would turn ugly and i just don't i can't see happening uh, Big MGM says, going to throw this out there, Nia Jax for Money in the Bank. We haven't had a monster female briefcase holder yet. No, and Nia is the sort of person where, they've got that a little bit with Damien Priest, but they've dropped it, is that like when somebody physically dominant has the briefcase, the cash-in at the end of a match is a risk, but the mere threat of it happening anytime mm. is just as sort of dangerous. And yeah, to go back to what I said about Tiffany Stratton earlier in the review, when you're not booking stories or you're not telling very interesting stories, at least create the idea of meritocracy. If somebody might be falling short in the wins and losses, but having these great nights, reward them. Make it seem as if, look, you can wrestle your way to prominence, even if I'm not giving you much of a story to work with. Um, Scott R says, is Jade Cargill out of the WrestleMania 40 picture? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if... When I look now, it was either a... Last-minute decision because that blurred graphic got leaked or a conscious one that was made ages and the graphic was photoshopped. I don't know. It was the right call not to have Jade Cargill in it. Whether it was by accident or design, she was best left out of that match. It wouldn't have favoured her to get pinned. And as you pointed out, there was no real shenanigans. People just lost. Mm -hmm. uh, the Royal Rumble suggests that it's they've got designs on her doing big things, but I think it probably is time to act. There was definitely a sweet spot well, leaving her off was tactical because it kept her special. Now you've seen her once, it kind of looks like she's been a bit left behind. So they need to, they do need to get her on this card, I think. Uh, Tully Television says, is there an international star that should get to main event of PLE in the future? So I suppose you've got to work from a country backwards there, arguably. Well, we just had it, didn't we? Rhea Ripley, I know, in her own country. Seamus in Ireland? Um, that could well, be an amazing well, we, show. Well, this is the thing. Are we just doing home country stuff because Seamus and Becky Lynch in Ireland mm. would be Insane, obviously, yeah. would be just what we just saw with Rhea Ripley. Um, I, I don't know. Baron Corbin in France? 
<laughs> like the wolf dog is going to be one of the most overacts if like France loves him the way they did the last time and bronze still spearing people at 23 miles an hour um, I, ultimately right I think that's been one of the whether or not it's business related because we know that Nick Khan holds meetings with TV executives and countries and cities bid for these shows and it's like taxpayers money they've been a boon yeah. WWE in this Triple H era, these like localized B shows or these events where they're focused around for one night. Do you see like Bronson Reed? And it's worked out for the best because he was able to be home for the his child. Moment, yes. So thank God that happened the way it did. But he was going to fight Seth Rollins. Yeah. Of course he was going to lose. But again, they're thinking enough to think, well, why don't we put Rhea in one main event and Bronson in another? Keep doing it. Keep finding the ways to get. Like if WWE ends up back in England, I expect that the new Catch Republic will have a good night. Mm. Like it's. It, it was stupid that they weren't doing this for longer. That's the uh, alarm that means we've not got very much longer left on the podcast. All the uh, building's on fire as a shoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Rains simply says, don't bring this fired-up attitude to Philly. I want to have a shot in hoops, please and thanks. <laughs> uh, Hamlet taking on uh, Matt Rains whilst we're over there. In a, what, what's the official name of it? Just basketball hoops. But what, the sport the of game, basketball? The, 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 the oh, yeah, RK basketball. I don't know what you... The proper feels like there should be a name. Like, Americans have things like uh, whiff of ball or cornhole. Yeah. Most things are just balls in holes, yeah. beanbags in holes, stuff in holes. But, like, I don't know that they've got, like, a... You know what's that one where there's, like, those furry guys? A guy in there with fur on them and he throw balls oh, and yeah. they fall down. Like, we don't really have those sort of carnival games no. anymore, do we? But, yeah, anyway, I'm going to kick Matt Rain's ass at Arcade basketball. Right. A destination that I think we've actually arranged, so if people want to like uh, come and watch the slaughter, you're very welcome. Brian Vedig says, pop a shot. I better win. What an arsehole I'm going to look Down at. the Clown is the... Down the Clown is, is that what it's called. I love yeah. that. Pop a shot. <laughs> um, uh, Aditya, thank you for your question. What matches should open each night of Mania? Personally, I'd open with Jimmy versus Jay night one. I see title match night two for me. God, I got, like, genuine butterflies then, thinking of, because we're going to be there. Yeah, I know, I know. It's like five weeks away. So I got my mind made then, up. Then, now, I got, I'm there like, then, now, forever, together. It's starting, and yeah. I'm here. You know, Normally, I'm just uh, sat there at 5 a.m., and then, now, uh, forever, together, let's go. Hello, and everybody going, look, some entrances. Yeah. Speaking of which, I would open WrestleMania Night 1 with uh, Bailey versus EO Sky. Um, my philosophy on this is that it's not... It maybe you should, don't know, but it's not getting the main event. No. But I think entrances to this are going to be key. I can't believe I'm saying this after the last 48 hours. But the potential of Paramore slash Poppy slash both slash the Bailey Buddies. Well, not slash the Bailey Buddies. Yeah. Fixing up the Bailey Buddies <laughs> and bringing the old Bailey character back as part of all of this. Um, the opening spot. It's the old um, adage, isn't it? If you can't close, open. Yeah. And I just think... That works for night one. Night two, Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre slash whatever's on the docket there. Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes is the biggest match in pro wrestling. It, I, it's, it is the title. We have already had to swim through the choppy waters of trying to say that Seth's title means a lot and then kind of tacitly burying it by having Cody say, it's a really good belt, I don't want it. It's a really good belt. Have those two matches as far away from each other on the card. I like the touch of... Jimmy versus Jay with the Owen Brett yeah. comparisons there. I suppose. It is nice, yeah. Brother versus brother. Um, but 
uh, that would be where I would want the comparisons to Brett and Owen to stop because that comparison won't serve Jimmy and Jay well. And I love Jay, so, and I quite enjoy Jimmy, but uh, <laughs> it's probably best the comparisons end with, oh, brother versus brother, not with, I wonder if they can have a match as good as WrestleMania 10, because they can't. Uh, Big MGM says, does the seemingly quick switch to Logan versus Randy confirm Logan is going to a more fuller time schedule and keeping the US belt longer than anticipated? It's a good question, that, because I am pitching... Uh, I think every single title match to see a title <laughs> change hands in my WrestleMania 40 booking. Yeah. Mm, no, I don't think he loses, but I don't think it changes the schedule. Uh, it's not something that... Have people really been that bothered about Logan Paul's part-time run thus far? I don't think so. No. I've not seen it as a as a complaint there. I've seen it raised that, uh, oh, it's another champion on SmackDown that's not there to defend the titles. But... But immediately after WrestleMania, that's not going to be an issue. Exactly. That's going to change, one would assume. So, no, I think you're all right. I think, in a way, whereas Gunter's title defences make this long reign more impressive, Logan's big, flashy moments make this one. And I think, like, a long... Triple H loves long reigns, but there's a number of different ways to do them, and I think this is one with Logan. It's a very quick one. No one's asked this, but people are speculating in the chat about multi-man matches with Kevin Owens, as we sort of mentioned earlier on. I suppose that could be part of it, of uh, the SmackDown GM, I can't remember what his name is, um, says, you've not defended that belt mm-hmm. for ages. Yeah. Um, and when you do, it's always bloody cheating. So I'm not going to make you have multiple title defences. And he's like, phew. I'm just going to make you fight seven dudes. Yeah. It's uh, there when people flagged up that the secondary titles used to be defending these multi-mans and mentioned Gunther in the same breath. Uh, and then they had a coronary. God, no. Because I was just like, no, like, I understand this old thing of like, oh, I'll just hoil them all in the ladder match. No, like, we haven't rebuilt the Intercontinental title just to make the same mistakes that were made with it the first time. That man is a singles title match, big stage performer. Logan Paul, on the other hand, is perfect for a ladder match. It's perfect for a stunt show. We've seen that now with Elimination Chamber and we've seen it with Money in the Bank as is the United States title. I would have no problem with the SmackDown GM assembling six, five, six challenges and saying, all of these should be getting a title shot, but your schedule is not permitting me to do it. You're only giving me one day on your calendar. Well, I guess I'm giving you six challenges. Or something could put like Ricochet that. in there. I was just trying to think. You could put yeah. some of his old opponents in there. Miz, obviously, is kind of busy. Mm-hmm. Ray, you would assume, busy Santos, with probably. Santos yeah. things. Um, but I suppose you could, so you could have... Uh, just off the top of my head, Logan Paul, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens. You could put LA Knight and AJ Styles in that match mm-hmm. and just have them do the the classic Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn when they used to be in those matches. Yeah, yeah. I don't really care about what else is going on. Just to make sure you don't yep. win. Ricochet makes that six at a bare minimum, mm-hmm. and then you've got two wild card spots for for anyone qualifiers or something like there. that. Yeah, it's a, I I'm really into Randy Orton and Logan Paul as a singles, but. If again, I'm all about range on these WrestleMania cards, and if there is a like, Aditya says Dragon Lee, great show. Yes, and and like Dragon Lee, realistically, is not getting much, is he? Otherwise, um, yeah. If if it's looking like we've got lots of singles blood feuds or lots of matches with uh, where it's like a singles title, Manu Imano, all that sort of stuff, like a ladder match is a perfect fit on a card like that. Mm. A multi man, that sort of just stunt bump. Five men plus WWE. Yeah, you're not going to have the, the showcase. Yeah, there's a space for at least one per night. Tez? Put Tez in there? Yeah. Good. I'm going to get carried away and book massively like stacked, in there. Massively stacked roster full of characters people are invested in. Mm. Like, uh, it's 
Bronson Reed, yeah, Brian. W is good. Anything, any more you want to say about uh, the length of this show and match well, elimination length? chamber? Yeah, I, I found time to make a snack and have a shower in between the show, and I imagine those Australian people dealt with long Foster's cues. Uh, with the space that was allotted to them by the gaps in between where we got to see beautiful vistas in from Western Australia and aerial shots of the building, which apparently got Phil in trouble as well. Yes. What's going on on X over the weekend? (laughs) (laughs) He tweeted saying it looked beautiful and they were like, shill? What for saying a sunset looks pretty? Shill Chambers. (laughs) No, I've got nothing else left to say. I've taken enough L's as it is. I'll probably only take some more the more I speak. If I speak... Indeed. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Elimination, Jamie, in the comment section below. Thank you to everyone who's joined us uh, and sent your questions and donations and all that in there. Uh, you can con- continue the conversation with us on social media, of course, on X. Uh, <laughs> at What Culture WWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at. All notifications are muted. At Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, you can follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. Uh, and subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, the Raw Preview and AEW Collision Review is out today. Uh, and hopefully, Sid is better. Get well soon, mate. Uh, he'll be joining us tomorrow for our Raw Review. Yes. But for now, uh, this has been the Elimination Chamber Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we... We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.